Oh, alrighty, it is what Wednesday, May sixth, quarter to quarter to nine, something like that. Um, I'm glad I'm recording this podcast tonight and not earlier today because it probably would have been a lot different, sounded a lot different, simply because I I, I was. I guess I was at a breaking point, but I was, cause I'm, I'm not that kind of person, but man, it would have been a lot of mother efforts and everything else in it. Cause I am just so fucking sick of this stupid coronavirus shit. You all know if you've listened to my podcast at all, cause for the last, what, month and a half it's been at least a one segment um talking about the coronavirus you know where i stand on it you know it's complete it's just i don't even want to talk about it tonight because that's exactly what everyone else is doing and that's what keeps life from feeling normal aside from i can't even go get a fucking haircut and um yeah it's I would know part of what push is pushing me to the edge. I've got a knot right in my right shoulder and it just goes all the way up to my neck into the back of my head. And it, it throbs to where I feel the shit behind my eyeballs. It hurts so bad. And it's literally feels like I'm smuggling a golf ball underneath my skin in my uh, shoulder. And I want to get a massage to someone to just knock that bitch out. And that's like the last place to be open. Um, but it's, I don't, I don't want to talk about it, but it's just, God damn, it's become something that it should have never been. Well, first it's become something that, well, either you think it's the, you know, Second rendition of, you know, Moses's plague. Or you think it's, you know, something that's real, but yet it doesn't, it doesn't deserve destroying people's ways of life because of it. And I told you back when this first shit first got started, I don't remember what episode it was, um, but go back and... You will see their history will tell who had it right. What we've done and what like Sweden and or uh, Denmark have done, how they've handled it. Like, hey, if you're in this vulnerable demographic, quarantine yourself, stay the fuck away. Everybody else, keep it moving. Everybody else, live your life. Let's, Let's keep our lives afloat. As opposed to 22 million Americans out of work and people get thrown in jail for refusing to, you know, bow down to these draconian laws. They're not even laws, they're orders that the people that are giving these orders and laws don't have legislative power to even put these kind of laws that are even, you know, to be even close to enforceable, but yet here they are th- getting thrown in jail. You know, people want to feed their families and they're getting thrown in jail for it. Uh, the woman in Texas, Jesus Christ, the hair salon woman, she is, 
she is the most unprecedented thing I've ever heard of in my life where a judge said you've got you've got two options. You can either go to jail or you can admit that you were selfish and apologize and pay a fine and then go about your merry way. And God damned that this bitch didn't have balls too big that it probably hurts for her to sit down. But she looked that motherfucker right in the face. She says, I'm sorry. I'm not telling you that I'm sorry because I'm not sorry. And it's not selfish of me trying to feed my fucking kids. And I'm not closing my shop. Boom. Took her in cuffs. That's that's the real shit. That's a down ass bitch right there. And shit, I'm gonna fucking throw her some money in her GoFundMe account. But I don't even want to talk about it anymore. It's just so fucking exhausting. And yes, I am somewhat keeping a count on how many times I say the word fuck because there's been some chatter amongst you listeners about a drinking game. Every time I say the F word, you take a shot and you'd all be dead if (laughs) if you all stuck to it. And you're probably right. But um, I have nothing to do with any drinking game. So if anybody does that and gets slammered, that's on you. I'm not held liable for any of it. Um, <laughs> so just like literally 15 minutes ago, I put, posted on Facebook asking, hey, I'm about to record. Who wants uh, um, you know, give me some topics and I'll, I'll see if I can. I'll pick, pick through them and... Um, and I'll talk about them on the podcast. And I've got and I've gotten a few, uh, a couple. One of them I, I answered right there on the spot because it was very easy. And another one I've got to wait for Josh. I'm gonna be recording with Josh Coons from uh, Patriot Valley Arm here pretty soon. Uh, I talked to him yesterday, and he's down to record. And he's gonna be coming to town soon anyway. We're gonna go fishing, and I'll probably record. We'll record an episode in person as well. That'll be fun. Um, excuse me. Uh, tonight's beer right now is Hopium IPA from Foothills Brewing out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I also have a, um, uh, Dogfish Head 60-minute IPA. Let me, uh, take, touching on that one here in a second. Um, uh, but big news. Tomorrow night I will be recording with and interviewing the true godfather of long range precision shooting and the official best in texas the man known as jacob bynum um we're going to talk about the assassin's way match that's uh man i think it's gonna be so fucking kick ass i wish i had 25 grand to give him for me to lose um but i don't but um it uh it's gonna be awesome i've got and you know me i'm not like when i did my interview with sam and then when i talked with mike uh, menchaka i had literally nothing written down uh i'm not having jacob Bynum on my podcast and not have questions written down for me to give him you don't i mean that's just it's jacob fucking Bynum. so um yeah, he's gonna he's gonna be coming on tomorrow night. We're gonna record tomorrow night. I think it'll be a great episode. And uh, 
been a big fan of his for a while. What he's what he's taught, and I, you know, I've I've got his the rifles only DVDs, and I've watched you know about every YouTube video and heard every interview he's done. I've never met him in person. I know I'm sound like I'm jocking his dick, and yeah, I probably am a little bit, but he uh, he's that like influential and that big, as Trump would say, bigly, um, huge. He's a uh, he's that important to the sport and not only the sport but to our our brothers uh, downrange. Um, he I mean he's got god damn he's got the biggest wealth of knowledge I believe. And then you know he I can't wait to have him on and it's a dream of mine one day to to be to take one of his classes. I will. Um, I will. It's not going to be a dream because it's it's going to happen. I'm, I'm going to do it. Maybe maybe next year I'll I'll go down to Texas and take his PR one and two back to back. I think it'll be fun. Um, but I've got some topics I want to go over with, and they're kind of scattered, so I don't even know what the title of this podcast is going to be yet because it's not like a one big theme, um, which I guess it rarely is. But I do have some things I've been writing down, uh, jotting down on my phone that I wanted to cover. Um. I was going to talk about the pandemic documentary. If anybody has or hasn't seen it about the, the bitch exposing Tony Fauci and the world health organization and all that shit. And anyway, I, like I said, I'm so fucking sick and tired of talking about coronavirus. Like I, I, I hate the word now I'm going to swear off the beer because it's, I'm just tired of it. Um, so I'm not going to talk about that, but, I'm going to talk about a couple things, uh, a little bit of bullets. Um, the new burger, six and a half millimeter, the 153 grain, uh, six and a half. Now they have already a 156. They have a 144. They have a 140. They have a 135. They have a 130. They have a 120. Winnie, I don't know if there's anything in between the 120 and the 130. There's like 400 fucking burger six and a half millimeters. Okay. All right. We are, we don't need any. I love burger. I'm going to put this out there. I'm only saying this as a burger customer supporter. Uh, I love their bullets. I shoot them in almost every caliber that I, that I, that I have. If if they they make it, uh, buy it. Uh, I do, or at least a a cap for a caliber. Um, you know, you've got obviously the 105s, which have been a staple uh, bullet for the six millimeters for the cartridges from the top to the bottom of six millimeter. Uh, and then bam, the 109, which you know I'm sure it shoots great. It's probably the the bee's knees and is you know better than the 105. I mean, I'm sticking with the 105. I like that class range at 105, and I get it to shoot good. I like the speed I get out of it. BC is good enough. I mean, it's it's a great it's a great BC. Um, and hey, you know what? More. I hope they start selling the crap out of 109s so that maybe 105s go cheaper, right? Um, but I mean, they've got a 95. They've got uh, they've got just they've got n- bukus of bullets for. Six and six and a half, sevens and thirties. Okay. Holy shit. If you have not paid attention 
and seen what blackjack bullets have done with the 131 257 quarter bore ace bullet if you haven't paid attention and you're a bullet manufacturer i don't feel bad for you what instead of putting the r&d in dropping three grains of you know copper or lead and making a new bullet in an already saturated uh bullet class you don't jump on you'd be the second one okay you're burger you are burger you are possibly the you and hornady are the probably the two largest suppliers of bullets for what we do for the needs of high bc whether it be match or hunting bullets you know i like sierra and, and nozzle's okay and all the other ones but i mean let's get real here burger and hornady are are the ones at the at the top okay why don't either one of you come out with your rendition of a high bc fast twist quarter bore bullet a 257 i mean anything from that 120 to 135 class because people are of all just about all the popular calibers and even older calibers they're making reamers and, and barrels for a fast uh 257 okay 25 alt 6 I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to be able to touch them all 25 psalm 25 prc 25 creedmoor i have a 25 br uh 25 uh by 47 lapua uh 25 wisdom 25 i mean the list goes on 257 roberts but they're wanting to throw this heavy bullet so they got fast twist uh 257 stw with a fast twist and i mean it's ridiculous there's there's so there's a there's a a I'm not going to say a niche market, but it's almost a niche market. But considering there's only one person that's capitalizing on or one company that's capitalizing on this, which is Blackjack Bullets. And bravo, good for you guys, because I'm really glad you're here doing this because you guys spearheaded the way. So my hat is off to Blackjack Bullets, to uh, Miles and Logan. But fuck, man, that's what they even they want. They don't want to be the only kids on the block. They want to they want other people to get into it because they're a fan of the caliber. They're a fan of the 257. They understand what it's capable of. Burger, what the fuck, man? Quit coming out with six and a halfs, especially six and a halfs that are only made for, you know, basically magnum cartridges. Okay? I don't know. Nobody's going to shoot a 156 or a 153. I mean, I can't say to nobody, but you know what I mean. For every, you know, one person shooting a 153 grain burger hybrid out of their Creedmoor or 47, there's going to be 400 shooting a 140 or 130 class bullet. The 144 being probably the heavier, because, you know, you got Hornady's 147, which does fine. I have a Creedmoor. Um, but, um, yeah, that 144 would be great. 140. And another thing, burger, the 140 loaded, uh, 6.5 Creedmoor ammo. I haven't been able to find that shit in a year. I have like two boxes left and I'm holding on, I'm holding on to it and hoarding it, you know, for, I don't even know why. Just, what are you doing? Is it brass? Is Lapua still making brass? I mean, is it powder? I mean, all of that is under capstone. We, that is the, the hands down. Oh, I don't give a fuck who you are, who I'm going to piss off. Do not give a shit. There, I have yet to find 
a factory loaded cartridge of any caliber of any maker model brand whatever that is as accurate as that 140 hybrid 65 creedmoor burger ammo the pua brass uh vitavori powder i don't even know what fucking primers they use but uh and then the 140 hybrid they make it the 130 hybrid to make it a 135 classic hunter they make it in a one 20 which no one buys that's available but that the damn 120 bullet sucks so no one wants that i want you know why you would even waste that brass and loading that fucking bullet in it but the 130 and the 140 i haven't shot the 130 stuff i'm sure it shoots great too but the 140 shit is high fucking performance okay i've got multiple one fucking hole round perfect little hole five shot groups from the 140 hybrid ammo and uh like a sd of six or seven all right if it was widely available why would anybody load and i think it was like 2780 uh, just sub 2800 i got i gotta go back and look i don't it didn't really matter uh great velocity for that bullet for a factory loaded round i mean sd of six sub 20 i think it was like a, like 17 or 18 extreme spread and why would anyone on planet Earth want to reload? And it when it first came out, it was twenty six dollars a fucking box. I mean, I'll pay thirty for it if you're gonna sell the shit. But twenty six dollars a box with the pool of brass. So what I've been doing was I fired all that, shot it in a couple matches, and I've got all the Lapua brass. I don't load six five Creedmoor ammo anymore. It's almost like a I think a principle. Six and six five Creedmoor, I won't load because there's good enough ammo, right? I don't, you all know this, I don't don't enjoy reloading. So why would I want to do that when I don't have to? Well, I um, take that brass though, and that's my 25 Creedmoor brass, okay? I have alpha 25 Creedmoor brass, and I have to say I'm not a fan not a fan of the alpha 25 creed i was more of a fan of the dasher brass than i am the 25 creed more and that's not me just me that is been like if you're on the 25 creed more 20 the, the quarter bore facebook group where it's all the new quarter bore uh, cartridges and and basically for the blackjack or whatever uh everybody is saying man they ditched the, the alpha brass they went with either peterson small rifle they went to lapua well, Lapua is always a standard, okay? I'm sure the Pearson Brass is great, too. That's, I don't, I've never, I have some that from the new Prime ammo, but I've never loaded it, so I'm sure it's great. Um, but, you know, Lapua is the gold standard. But I have like 300, 400 pieces of the 25 um, Creedmoor Alpha Brass, and I'm probably not going to use it. That'll be for a rainy day. But um, I have the Lapua Brass from the, uh, hornady i mean excuse me the burger ammo okay so wham bam i get an awesome shooting cartridge out of the box didn't have to reload it boom i get the brass to use for my 25 creed more they had space the same the only thing different in them is the you know the diameter of the uh for the bore um but they uh they don't i mean fuck it what is the hold up it's been a year since i i mean it's literally been a year at least since like early last summer um that i've seen it for sale everywhere's out of stock and everyone's saying overdue like as far as the the numbers come back in 
and just fuck burger, please. Please, a quarter bore bullet. You ain't got to load that shit. I'll load it. Just make the bullet. Your rendition of a 25 hybrid. Okay? And then, not a VLD, a hybrid. And then your 140 loaded burger ammo. 132, both of them. Uh, the 130 and the N140. Load it, sell it. People will buy it. People have been waiting on it, including myself. So we would love to have it. I love Burger. I love their bullets. They're the best, in my opinion, the best jacketed bullets out there, bar none, for any caliber that they're available for. So, um, yeah, that's going to cover that. Next topic. There was, and I can't remember if this was on the, if this was on the hide or if this was on Facebook or this was on somewhere. I can't remember, but it was talking about recoil uh suppressors versus brakes okay um shit i don't remember where it was i think it was might have been cypherside uh but it people not understanding that there is a the recoil is not just different in the the nominal amount of recoil, right? The felt, re- the, the amount of felt recoil. There, there is that. There is. So a break is going to mitigate in, in disperse recoil be, uh, more so, more effectively than a suppressor does. Okay. A suppressor still mitigates recoil uh, versus a bare muzzle, um, but it's not as much. But the thing about it is, is the recoil impulse it feels different so it does it it recoils the way you feel it is different um so you've got a 6.5 creedmoor this is me because i have certain cartridges that i prefer a suppressor's recoil over a brake and vice versa see in my dasher i'm running a brake um and my six Creedmoor, I run a brake. My six five Creedmoor, I run a suppressor. Um, that's typically backers, but you would think the the more recoiling cartridge you'd want to use the thing that mitigates more recoil. I agree, I understand, but it's not about the amount of recoil as much as it is what that recoil feels like. The recoil from a from a suppressor has more of that soft elongated push so think of if if i'm standing in front of you and our shoulders are squared up and i take uh like like bruce lee did his one inch punch type thing right so he real quick and it's like a quick snap all right if i did that to your shoulder that's what would be you know, correlated more like what a break felt like so it's it's a lot shorter it's over like that but it's a snappy like chopping sensation if that's the right word i don't know that's what comes to my head feels like someone's like chopping you in the shoulder whereas the suppressor would be like if i put my fingers on your shoulder and just kind of nudged you like just pushed you back like my there wasn't any hitting to you as much as my fingers were on you and then there was resistance pushing you back it was me pushing you uh, that's what a suppressor feels like so even on my 300 wind mag shooting a 215 or a 230 burger I prefer my suppressor over a brake. Um, it's not the brake's fault. It's any brake. It's the what, how it, how it moves those gases, as opposed to how a suppressor does, 
it completely changed the nature of the felt recoil. So let's say you took two different calibers. You had, let's, I'm not saying this will work. I'm just using this as an example. So let's go to pretend land for a second. If I have a six creed more with a suppressor on it, and then I have right next to it, I have a six, five creed more with a brake on it. Okay. They're both roughly using the same, close to the same, within a grain and a half of powder. It's the same casing. The only difference is the bullet diameter and weight. Okay, so naturally, what is going to have less recoil? The six. The six has got this factory Hornady. It's a 108. It's six millimeter, and it's it's going to have less recoil. Okay. Even so, if you put a whatever meter there is, I don't know what they're called, but they have a a way of judging the actual amount of um, force that you're feeling. If the six Creedmoor with the suppressor is X, like value of recoil, and then with the brake, the six five Creedmoor is also X, meaning that amount of force is what is is going back into the shooter's shoulder. Okay. Even though they're both X, they both will feel entirely different because of the muzzle device on the perspective gun. That six Creedmoor is going to have that slower push, softer push. Now, it's going to have more recoil than a brake, but it's still, it, some people like just don't like the way a suppressor feels. They like a, they like a brake and vice versa. I know people who's like, I don't, I don't have a brake on anything. I only shoot suppressed. And if there's more than one reason other than the recoil impulse to shoot suppressed, well, one, you don't, it's not fucking loud. You're not getting blasted in the face with gases. You're not, you know, pissing off your guy next to you shooting. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons to shoot with suppressor. I love shooting with suppressors as far as all that goes. But some calibers, I just prefer a break uh, over a, a suppressor given how a suppressor feels on that either particular cartridge or that particular rifle. So, um, obviously the heavier the rifle, the less recoil either one of them have a suppressor or a break. Um, but it's still a difference in felt recoil, the way the recoil impulses, um, enough of recoil. Um, all right. So things to get excited about. All right. Uh, the war match is rescheduled. It is officially July 18th to 19th. That is three 18th is three days after my birthday and happy birthday to me. I am so excited. Um, it's going to be awesome. I hope the weather holds out, but it's going to be summer. So it's probably going to be hot as balls, but it's West Virginia. So it don't get super hot. Um, I got family up that way in West Virginia and that it doesn't get that hot up there. Um, let's just pray for no rain, but I'm super excited um, that that did not get canceled, that it just got postponed. Drew, you are the fucking man and I owe you a beer. Um, so, uh, that's back on. I'm hoping everybody who had initially signed up, I hope as many as possible can, uh, can still make that, um, that date because man, there's going to be some big names there. I went back and looked at the, uh, the, um, the squatting today and man, there's some killers going to be there and I'm excited. Um, I don't even have all the names off the top of my head right now. Um, but 
all of them. I, I can't wait to hang out with them and, and have a good time. All a bunch of good dudes. It's going to be a stack. Like I'm probably, I mean, I might shoot my best and still wind up near the damn bottom because of the amount of fucking heavy hitters that are going to be there, which I'm okay with. It's fine. Look, if I shot my best, I don't care if I came in dead last. When you look at the roster and you see the names, or not the roster, but you look at the squatting and and see the names on the list, and it looks like it does for this match, then you can still you know hang your hat on it. Uh, as long as I shoot good, I don't care where I place because I can't. Like I talked about in last episodes, I can't control where I place. I can control how I shoot. So if I shoot well, in theory, hopefully I. I will place as well as I'll be able to within my ability. So, and that's something that I can't control. I can control what I do in my process. So, here's here's to hoping to shooting well. Um, also, the Pig River match, which is still on. Um, yeah, I asked Josh uh, Bandy. He's the, the match director and owner of Pig River. He, um, I was like, hey man, uh, your shitty ass fucking governor still got the stay at home order till June 10th. The match is June 6th and 7th. Uh, what are we going to do? He was like, mm, I hope some things change. So I was like, yeah, me too, man. Uh, Josh is the man. Josh has always got some shit cooking. So he's, uh, he's a good dude. He's a great match director. He got an awesome facility. He's going to make something happen. But uh, it was a question or it was talking about this whole coronavirus shit. And, uh, I had had the thought the other day of like about this whole situation at pig river and I was like, what if we all just showed up and there's like a 200 shooters there, 150 shooters there. And then where, mind you, Pig River is in Podunk, take a left, Virginia. And you got 150 of us and there's a ceasefire. Okay. Law enforcement arrives. I, I just envisioned it, how it, <laughs> how it could play out. And I mentioned this on Sniper's Hide. I, I'm just for those who didn't read it. I'm going to basically repeat what I typed and I thought it was funny. But I was like, what are you thinking? There's like 150 guys there that are completely capable of making you go tits up from, you know, 1,200 yards away. Um, what army are they going to send? Because you send a couple of, uh, you know, Barney Fife's out there. You know, you must, you boys must disperse. We're all like, nah, son. Like, uh, yes, mm -mm -mm. no, we're not leaving. Well, please. And then we just go, all right, resume fire. Boom, boom, boom. Living our best life. Like that would be hilarious because I mean, you talk about a, a force at a certain, I mean, you get police that come to a thing. It's not sitting in a rally. We're doing our own thing. We are actively shooting, hitting steel at great distance with, I guess you'd call them high-powered rifles. They are high-powered rifles. But uh, And then you've got <laughs> one or two fucking Barney Feist from bumfuck take a left Egypt uh, come up there to try to tell all of us we're breaking the law. You must disperse. Yeah. You know, eat a dick. That's uh, that would be awesome if that would happen. I don't know if it'd play out like that. I don't know, but it'd be funny if it did. <laughs> I would just want to have the camera rolling if it did. So that's something I thought about. But anyway, the Pig River match is still a go apparently, and we're gonna have fun there. That's gonna be fun as well. I'm ready to get shit back cracking. I need some, uh, I need some 
normalcy in my life and that's one thing that i feel is normal um man there was a shit storm of a thread on sniper's hide about scope height and the importance of having scope rings low enough to where you're not an easy target for a counter sniper uh you know looking for headshots and <laughs> um that was someone's legit sincere reply to the whole scope ring height when as long as it's accounted for it makes no fucking hill of beans if you've got you know inch high rings or you've got two and a half inches does not matter uh three inch rings does not matter as long as it's accounted for and you're ballistic solver you will be just fine but <laughs> If people just try to like make up uh, the whole the whole uh, myth and, and wives tale of, you know, sight over bore, get as low as possible. No, get your neck as comfortable as possible. You know, get a scope that has that, that scope rings that are that allow your scope to be used on the rifle you're using because you've got a pick rail on the top like an AX. So you're trying to tell me people who have to have two and a half inch high sperm mounts that they're at a disadvantage and someone be able to run, you know, 1.2 inch high rings, like, which was like lows or extra lows. No, they're not. You tell me why they are hitting the same amount of targets or whipping your ass when they're at supposedly disadvantage. They're not a disadvantage because it don't fucking matter. But the whole counter sniper thing, now mind you, yes, there are, it's called the website is snipers hide and that's, you know, whatever. And yes, there are people currently carrying a rifle in defense of our country for a living currently on the website. True. But that makes up like 1% of the people on that website. 99.999% of us are all either just shooting enthusiasts, plinkers, or hunters, or competition. And I remember last time I had bullets flying back at me during a PRS match. But this guy seems to think that's a problem. And uh, anyway, um, let's see. All right. One of the questions, one of the really good questions that were asked of me um, tonight on Facebook was which six millimeter cartridge to start out with in an Accuracy International. Now, I guess... I mean, I, I guess I can have an answer for that specifically, but I can also give my best answer for that for any rifle. So you've been shooting, let's say, 6.5 Creedmoor um, or a 260 or 308, and you're wanting to get into the, the faster, um, you know, wind cheater 6 mils, okay? Uh, which one is the, the one to, to jump into first? Well, there isn't a best cartridge six mil cartridge to jump into first it's not like you're, you're a, a six mil with training wheels on it no there's not that but there are best or better options per what your situation is so obviously if you're not a hand loader or haven't started yet or you're not very good at hand loading um i would say go with a now this this answers for whatever rifle or and or I should say and or then the AI is go with a six creed more. Okay, yes, it is a barrel burner, um, but that's okay. Um, it 
offers the Hornady six Creedmoor ammo is is amazing factory ammo and it can be had very um cheaply on the internet if you do your shopping um and it's i've got look i will always have a six Creedmoor. like i've mentioned before probably three or four times my podcast uh i will always have a six five and a six Creedmoor available to me I have a 6.5 and a 6 Creedmoor barrel for my AIs. Um, and because if I don't feel like loading, I can just buy it and go shoot and have fun. Okay. It shoots sub half minute. Um, right there, that point four. I mean, five shot groups in the point four. Um, you know, SD is around like between nine or like 11 or 12. That's fine. That's great factory ammo option. Um, then you've got the more boutique ammo options for for six creed more two that cost a little bit more but yeah you can get you know different uh, on the federal the federal uh gold medal six creed more burger stuff with the 105 burger it shoots great too it doesn't shoot group wise it doesn't shoot any better or worse than my hornady does but um i think the extreme spreads are a little bit a little bit higher like i would totally shoot a match with the i've got both of them looking at them right now i've got a couple cases of the hornady and one case of the federal um and you know i would wouldn't hesitate one bit to shoot that federal stuff in a match um but yeah but you also have more boutique options like um well, there's a whole bunch of different like copper creek obviously um then you've got uh like spark munitions that's another good six five pre more option is there uh 140 eldm uh, option uh and then you've got you know like guys like clay uh, uh black Edder from uh, clay's cartridge he's got you know basically factory six creedmoor and uh loaded up ready to go um there's all of those options as well if you're just not happy with the hornady stuff but i don't know why you wouldn't be happy with the hornady stuff it does great um in fact it that 108 going 29.50 because that's about 29.50 is where it normally is um that's going to actually lend you better barrel life because you're not hot rod a 105, um, creating more heat. So heat is what kills throats and, um, more powder and more pressure is what, what does that. So, um, you'll get a little more, a little bit more barrel. I should get a lot of barrel life out of my six cream more because it's like, it has never been anything but factory ammo put through it and there never will be. Um, but so that's a good one there if you don't load or if you're just getting in reloading, you know, you can you know, go buy you a case of Hornady and reload the, the brass for, you know, the life of that barrel. Um, and uh, that's, you know, they're making all kinds of factory option, but rifles and six creed more as well. Um, let's see. Uh, if you do hand load and you are a proficient hand loader and you're wanting to look into get into a six mil. I will say this is for any rifle. Six BR six dasher. Or the BRA, but I prefer either or the BR or the Dasher. Um it, it you can make any rifle feed just fine. The whole hype of Oh, there's always these mag problems and just, there's not, no, there's not, there's really not. Um, if there was, there wouldn't be such a gigantic percentage of shooters shooting Dasher or BR variant. 
Okay. The, the um, 6BR is stupid easy to load for. It is the white widest node. Um, like, I tell you what, I'll do your load development for you right here, right now. Okay. 30.4 grains of Varget underneath a 105 burger jump 20,000 from your lands with uh, either your choice of a Federal 205M, CCI 450, or BR4 primer. Okay. Go shoot. Like, there's your load development. It's done. It's done. Or, or 29.9 to 30 grains of uh, 48.95. Underneath a burger, 20 thou off. Boom. You're done. Go shoot. Have fun. You know? Uh, it's that easy. And then you got mag kits from Patriot Valley. You've got the Primal Rights kits. You've got the HRD kits. You've got... Uh, I mean, MDT has a BR magazine. And from what I understand with those, like you can buy 10 of them, five of them will be absolutely flawless. And then five of them won't feed worth the fuck, uh, send the five that don't feed worth the fuck back and get five more. They'll do that because MDT is a good company. It's just, I guess it's just kind of like the quality control or they're not testing each one before they go out, which I mean, fuck, how many magazines do they make a year now? Um, yeah, you got so look honestly, I I've got if you run ARC mags, I mean, you can either get the PVA kit or you know you can get. Uh, I know people who don't run anything, no kit in a in a uh, uh, ARC mag or a or even um, in uh, AICS mags. Some people just don't. They just can fuck with the feed lips a little bit and then bam, they're feeding no problem at all. Um, now for the AI, the the BR variant cartridge is a little tougher to tweak and tune to get to feed reliably in an AI. Why? I I I'm not smart enough to answer that question. Um, it took me a while playing with my AW mags. Um, I had the PVA kits. And I have a couple with the HRD kits as well, but I couldn't get those to feed for, for the shit. The PVA uh, kits, I got to feed pretty well. Um, but then my fucking barrel got stolen in the mail. My my dasher barrel. So uh, I have my 25BR, which I think that, I think the dasher will feed better than the 25BR because the 25 has got that long-ass fucking bullet coming out the front. The first three rounds... It would once I tuned the mags, the first three rounds were just a little tough to run the bolt forward because that bullet was so seated out that it had so much bearing surface to ride up the feed ramp inside the mag. I mean, inside the action, um, it just was a little tough. And then after that, it was there were you know more easy sailing. Um, but uh with all that said caveat of that is every if i'm not mistaken every single one of the team accuracy international guys are all shooting six br like straight br if the last i was told they all are um and uh, i'm actually in the talks of getting some of the uh uh team ai guys on for a podcast including scott the vp of ai north america i'm trying to get him on um and talk to those guys but anyway i think then they all tune their mags and uh they make their own mag kits 
and uh, they tune them. I think their mag kits are basically the same thing, basically, as the PVA spacer is. So the PVA spacer, you take your factory follower, and I think the magic is in the factory uh, spring of the of the AI mag, of the AW mag, and uh, I think that's what makes like the whole AW such a good good magazine. But they also were not designed at all to run these BR cartridges. We are doing something against their design, so you have to keep that in mind. Um, but, uh, you cut, you basically have to trace out the shape of the spacer kit that pushes your round forward and the more forward in the feed lips. Um, and then you cut out that, that whatever you traced out for the spacer in the back of the follower. That's what's you, you dremel it out or whatever. Uh, and then Bob's your uncle, bam. And then basically I was taught by a guy, I was having a hard time getting them to tune and I talked to a guy on Sniper's Hide, and he actually called me and talked me about it and kind of talked me through it. And damn, if he wasn't right. And uh, I got all of my uh, AW mags that I'll be running. Um, we got them running good for 25BR. I, I bet you anything they're going to feed this dasher a lot better once I get my barrel from Josh, my new dasher barrel for the AI. Um, anyway, uh, that, but so back to topic the the br if you're a competent hand loader the br has got to be the easiest cartridge to load for definitely in six millimeter the 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 br and dasher that family um i think the br and the dasher more so than all the other variants maybe i don't have experience with all them but just from what i've read like the bra i know fuck i know i'm gonna get uh comments man my bra was so easy to tune yeah i understand okay you're a good hand loader uh, great congratulations but from what i've read from a lot of other people who've had B uh, bras the nodes are a lot tighter than in the br or in the dasher and i don't know what about the geometry of the case that may cause that i don't know somebody a lot smarter than me probably does um but i from what i can tell that's real. That's a real thing. But all I have experience with is a six BR and a six dasher. And, um, the, uh, the BR was just fucking stupid, easy to load for. And I'm talking about shooting just microscopic groups with them with like SDs of three, you know, and it's, it's so easy and it's such a fun cartridge to shoot. All of the BR variants are fun to shoot. They really are. Um, you know, and, and to that, I would say that if if I thought that it was equally as easy to load for, because once again, I don't like reloading, but if I thought it was as easy to load for as say a BR or a, a Dasher, I'd probably try a a six by forty seven, simply because for an oh well not for my Hancock. I would just keep, keep it moving with the Dasher or the BR because I have barrels uh, of each for that one. Uh, but for my AI, I would, I mean, yes, I told, I just said that I got those mags running, but kind of like a peace of mind thing. I know those mags were 100% meant to run a 308 based size or roundabout cartridge. And the 47 is close to that. Um, and, if the six by 47 was as easily loaded for as the, the, the BR, the dasher was, 
I'd probably be running that in my um, my AI instead of the Dasher. Um, but as you now see, the 6.5 by 47 is known to be as easy to load for as a 6BR because they say it's the, the 6.5 by 47 is the 6BR of the 6.5s. So that's the, the beauty of it. But once you neck that motherfucker down, something changes to where it's a lot more quote-unquote finicky. I don't know. I've never loaded for it, so I'm not sitting here telling you this is science. This is fact. No, because I'm probably going to have 10 guys say, dude, my 6x47 was the easiest thing to load for. Well, okay. Uh, you may, maybe you may be right. I don't know. This from what I from what I read, I have no experience in the cartridge. None at all. I'm not speaking from experience at all. So that is my uh, um, disclaimer. Uh, but from what I have been told that you, know, you got guys, accomplished shooters and accomplished gunsmiths and accomplished uh, hand loaders like Joe Walls, he can't stand a 6x47. He loves and loves, 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 loves his 6 5 by 47 but he fucking hates 6x47s for that reason. There's like, bam, once you hit that node, once you hit that charge weight, you better stick to it because anything on the outside of that seems to fall apart um, from what I've learned and what I've been told. Um, so if it was if the 6x47, I think the 6x47 dumbed down like speed-wise, like that 29, 30, 2950 uh, range, I think it would probably be the perfect 6mm. Like all way all around. If it was easier to load for, I think the the six by forty seven would probably be the the all around most complete six mil cartridge. Um, but either way, uh, for an AI, I would say specifically the AI, I would say either the six Creedmoor, and everybody's talking about the GT. Well, you know what? The jury's still out on the fucking GT. Um, for every one person I see, man, my fucking GT's hammering. I love this brass. I love this. And for one person I see saying that, they are. I've seen at least five or six poor souls that are like fucking feel defeated because they can't get their shit to shoot worth a damn. Like either off of once fired brass or, you know, the horny brass sucks dick apparently. Um, and, uh, the jury's still out on the alpha brass for that, for the, uh, the GT. I think the idea of the GT was great. I don't foresee, I don't really see, it's a, like a smaller shortened version of a 47. Uh, let's just improve the 47 a little bit maybe. And I don't know, maybe that'll, or whatever. I don't know, but I, I, I don't foresee myself getting a GT anytime soon at all. Um, but if yours is running and running great, then I'm happy as I can be for you. I feel fortunate because there's a lot of guys out there that aren't getting there to shoot with the dam. Um, so that's why I don't mention it. The 6XC, I know a lot of, I know a few guys that shoot the 6XC. I don't know fucking dickus about it. I don't know anything about the 6XC. I don't, I don't even know like what. The average velocity is, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's slower than, a, sorry about that. 
I don't know if it's slower than uh, Creedmoor or faster than Creedmoor. I, I, I don't know. I don't know where it lands. I don't know where it lands on Barrel Life because I just I don't know enough people or what you know what loads they're shooting or what experiences they are having. I know a few guys that are shooting it, but that's about it. So um, I can't really speak on the XC really. 243. I mean, I think it's been around for 500 fucking years. I think. Um, yeah, you can get that going and you can find factory ammo, but it's going to be crap factory ammo. There's no match, real match 243 ammo. So you got to think about that. And I mean, sorry about that. Had to take a brief pause. My bladder was going to explode. Um, yeah, I'm kind of, a under the influence of muscle relaxers and alcohol. So cheers to me. Um, where was I? 243. Yeah, you can get 243. That's a barrel burner. Um, but super accurate. It's been around a long time. There's a lot of load data for it. Um, it's kind of like an old trusty thing, but it, the, the factory ammo is crap as far as our standards of what we do with it. But if this is like a, maybe a, a dual purpose rifle, like, you know, match slash hunting rifle, then 243 is a cool option, I guess. Cause I mean, they got plenty of 243 ammo that's killed a whole fuck ton of critters. 243 is probably the most slept on caliber out there. Minus uh seven millimeter. 08, I think is probably the biggest slept on caliber. Um, you know, and like 280 Ackley is another slept on caliber. No one just gives it the credit that it's due. Uh, but anyway, the uh, the 243 is a good option too. Uh, they've got all kinds of brass for it, and the brass is cheap too. Um, a lot of low data for it. I mean, it's a fucking 308 neck down to 243. So um, there's that. I mean, there's 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 tons of other SLRs, all the the improved cases over another one they're they're out there um but it seems to me what i've seen what i've i shoot better with is that six millimeter really in between the 2750 to the 2950 range that's where i see you know i feel like it shines um now the only caveat is like a super light bullet. Uh, with that said, like the 95 grain SMK on top of a dasher, um, I know what that shit does at about 3150ish, between 3140 and 3160. Um, that is a, it is a fun that is a fun shooting little thing. Is uh, you know Jeff's Jeff's nickname is Red Rider because that's what that's what a couple of our Virginia shooting buddies always, always call him when he get, goes up to shoot. And because uh, it's like a little 95 little pea shooter and it is fucking deadly accurate. Oh my God. That 95 grain uh, load that they've got for the dasher is fucking stupid. It is so stupid accurate. Um, and it's cheap. I mean, the 95s, the 95 Match Kings are. I mean, they're fucking, I think you can get them for like a quarter a piece. You know, that's not bad. Um, 
Oh, excuse me. That was a lot of, there's <clears throat> a lot of head on top of that new beer. It's warm already. Um, but you know, that's, I mean, really, if you load, look at the BR family. If you don't load, look no further than six creed more. That's, that's really can go for any rifle platform. You may have a little more work to do and tweaking to get an AI reliably feeding the BR variant cartridges. There's a lot of people that do it. So there's a lot of guys out there that shoot six Dasher, six BR, six BRX, six BRA in their AIs and, you know, have, and they, they compete with them and they love it. Uh, it's just a little, I'd probably just a little bit more work. You may luck up in yours. You throw an HRD kit in there and roll with it and it works fine. You may be that. Um, uh, or you might be like me. It was a lot harder for me to get mine tuned. Um, not really sure why, but it, it was, but you know, you deal with it. Um, so, uh, let's see if there's any other topics. Uh, we're rolling up on the hour here soon. I know this has been kind of a lackluster episode. Um, but I know I was due to do one and like I said, I've got one tomorrow night. Um, all right, here's one. Yeah. One thing I want to talk about the, uh, so the everyday sniper episode, I think it was the last one or no, the one before last, which was the, uh, interview with, um, Brian Litz and, uh, Amol Praslick from, uh, well, Burger Applied Ballistics, um, you know, that, that whole family. And, uh, we, they talked about truing and I, I know, I know Frank definitely didn't want to get into any type of real into the weeds as far as doctrine goes and differences that he has found as opposed to what uh brian and uh the people you know with applied ballistics have told the consumers to do um frank's a lot more classy than that um he, he's not going to do that and have a a, a, a shit throwing fight on his podcast because he really does uh respect brian as do i i mean uh, he, that man has forgotten more than I will ever know as far as ballistics goes. Um, he's a brilliant, brilliant person, but because of that, he also has a system to sell and, and has to, to back up his doctrine of how his system works with applied ballistics. Um, he was based, uh, Frank had asked him about truing and what, his thoughts were on how the best routes to do so. And he was basically, you know, Frankie kind of thrown him a bone that said, hey, it's like what Frank has been telling a lot of people, which is what I do and has found it works 100% of the time, is true in your velocity at that, you know, 500 to 600 yard range. And then true in your BC to the longest distance you have. You know, if it's 800 yards, great. If it's 1,000 yards, better. If it's 1,500 yards, fucking do it at 1,500, right? Um, but not everybody has, you know, transonic range uh, availability, right? You, like, I don't, really. I've got, I just got an invite from Swimming Sniper's Hide um, to go shooting with them. They've got thing out at 1,400, 1,500 yards. 
uh, out in Oriental, North Carolina. Um, and I'm going to go, but before that, I don't have access to 1500 fucking yards or how, wherever transonic is for my dasher. I have a thousand yards I have like 1200 yards tops. Um, so I've got to use what I, what I can. And by God, if it don't fucking work, I've trued out to a thousand and then had perfect hits at, you know, 1200 before, uh, or right, right there at 1200 where it was. Um, but it's uh it's what i have and it fucking works you don't have to go so brian was saying which is what he along with other people in the industry in support of applied ballistics has said well you need to treat your velocity out the transonic that's hard to do for some people and for some calories but what if i'm shooting a damn you know 300 norma god damn i gotta go out 1800 yards to be able to get the transonic you know that's that's unrealistic it's unrealistic and unnecessary, in my opinion. But that's what they've done, and so Brian's not going to go and and agree to something that you know is in contrary to what he has been saying for years of applied ballistics. Um, and for me, this leads me to my next point: was we were in a thread uh, t- speaking about that whole thing. It was about that whole podcast and about that whole topic and situation that kind of got cut off by bad reception or something like that. But Brian's signal went out and Frank and, and, uh, Amel finished, finished the conversation in the podcast, but, uh, they're going to be doing a series, which I suggest everybody listen to. I bet it's going to be awesome stuff. Um, so it's a 10 part series from what I understand with, with Frank and, uh, Brian and Abel. So it's going to be good stuff. So go give it a listen. Um, but in the thread, I basically made a statement of, I'm not, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm speaking for my experience, what I have dealt with and what I have found in my experience. You know, I will preface this with saying that there are for every one person using any other ballistic solver, there are probably three to four guys using applied ballistics. Apparently it works. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm saying for me, I don't feel comfortable in using applied ballistics when I've had to do what I've had to do to get my known proven data to line up the applied ballistics. With that said, I shoot a target at a thousand yards and it says, uh, well, I'm, I squared up the plate dead fucking center of the plate with, uh, 7.8 mils. Okay. I would look at applied ballistics. I would put in all of my input, all of my inputs, excuse me, all of my inputs would be correct. Scope height, barrel twist, everything was 100% correct because I've done this over multiple calibers. And I use the same input that I use in all of my other ballistic programs that work perfectly. Say, say it was 7.8 mil, whatever I said earlier, 7.8, 7.9 uh, to, to get my squared up hit. In order for me to get my applied ballistics to tell me that my 1,000-yard drop is 7.8, I would have to severely lie to it via my muzzle velocity and like drastically change the BC. You can't lie about BC because BC is just dependent on speed, location, elevation, uh, all that stuff. So, But the... 
BC that's worked on across all of my other ballistic solvers, it is nowhere in the ballpark of what it took to get it to uh, to line up in applied ballistics. Okay. Now, if I if I do lie to it, I don't feel comfortable that that data will ring true when there's other variables introduced. Like if I was shooting here at sea level, you know, and I go, I want to go take a class in, let's let's say with uh, Frank in Colorado. That's the elevation. I have zero confidence that my Kestrel is going to give me a correct um, drop. Or even close to it because it's just there's so many compounding things like I had to lie so much to get it to work I don't first I don't believe that it'll that it'll ring true but I do know that with my Hornady Kestrel and uh, with, with Ford off obviously and then my uh, Sri Lock Pro program my trace all uh, even shooter all of those that I have and play with or whatever, I literally have like every one of them have my exact muzzle velocity that I pull off of my lab radar. And that was another thing that Brian Litt said. He's basically said, don't trust your, your chronographs. So he said, use your muzzle velocity. What is that called? Um, uh, you know, truing your muzzle velocity as far as off the dope. Um, validation i think um anyway he, he's basically said don't trust your i don't put words in his mouth it, it was along those lines like you know you don't you know it also depends on what kind of you know chronograph you're using um and uh, i plug in my numbers my lad radar to shrelock to hornery to trace all to shooter all these and then my 500 and 600 yard dope dead nuts perfect and then my 800 900 1000 Maybe off a hair with the, the box BC, but I bump it up no more than 0.05, uh, 0.005, I should say. Um, and I'm boom, I'm there. So let's say my G7 was uh, on the box was 295. I may have to bump it to two, you know, 90 down tops or, you know, 0.300 tops. Most time it's within with it's within less than that. So and then bam, all of my dope is 100% lined up. I have literally trued my rifle, and I have Jeff and CL tested this. I trued my rifle in uh in my my dasher in three shots. Took three shots. I I shot at 500. CL was on glass. Dead nut center. Perfect. I went out to 800. Boom. Was like a tenth low. Okay. Let me go to 1,000. Boom. Two tenths low. De like dead center win, but two tenths low uh, on the plate. I was on my horny Kestrel. I bumped the, the axial form factor down from 1 to 0.99. Bam. Done. Everything, what I just shot, what it took me to get to dead center was exactly what that Kestrel said when I just bumped the axial form factor from 1 down to 0 
and I was done. I mean, it, it doesn't always work out that that much, you know, that that easy, but it can. So you put good input into a good calculator, you're going to get good stuff out. Um, it's very little truing to, but there is truing to do. But it doesn't. It shouldn't be this like my muzzle velocity is 2930, but for me to get to line up, I got to put in it's 2975. No, it wasn't 2975. It's a known factor. My lab radar is correct. And it's, uh, I'm not going to lie to it. Like, because I, I don't trust the numbers I'm getting back based off the bullshit that I just fed it. So it's always been garbage in, garbage out. Well, now it's apparently garbage in, uh, gold out, right? That's basically the concept of what I'm having to do to get applied ballistics line up. Now, I did. I had the 5700 Sportsman. It wasn't the Elite, so I didn't have the custom drag models. I think custom drag models are great. I think they're necessary. BC method works as long as you true it with a calculator that that well, I guess works, which is all of them except for applied ballistics. For me, for me again, this is my experience, not yours, not the guy next to me. It's mine. So. Uh, that's what I've dealt with. And I'm, like I said, I know applied ballistics is by far the most used and most popular ballistic solver on the planet. I have no problem admitting that. So that means somebody likes it. It works for somebody. It doesn't work for David. So, but that's okay. I don't mind. I'm not mad at applied ballistics. Brian is still a fucking genius. He is a, a amazing scientist. That's exactly what he is. And uh, my hat's off to him. He's got to stick to a program, and that's that's great. Um, but uh, even uh, Skookum, if you know who Skookum is on Sniper's Hide, he basically parroted what I said, and it made me feel good and kind of validated that someone as knowledgeable in ballistics uh, as as him, where I was literally having these same exact uh, sentiments about applied ballistics as as I do. It made me feel great. I was like, well, good. I'm not an asshole, and I'm not the only one that has a problem with applied ballistics. So, you know, it's it's not just me, but it's obviously there's probably less me than there are of the people that actually enjoy applied ballistics. Look, my two shooting partners, guys, shoot the two guys I shoot with more than anybody, Jeff and CL, swear on the Bible to their applied ballistic kestrels. And I'm glad it works out for them. And I don't know what is working out different for me than them. Don't know. But theirs works. And it's, I mean, the proof's in the pudding, right? It works for them. And they use it. That's good. Um, let's see. What else was there? Uh, the If you haven't checked out Hoplite Arms. Theus, this is for you, buddy. The new, okay, the original rifle that hop that theus had designed for hoplite arms his company was the action i like to think of and he may kill me for this but it's like if ai and tika had a love child that's the way the action looks and in like design the design kind of looks and i i the action is, is gonna be bad fucking ass like it's gonna be a absolute tank the pressures he has put that thing through the the amount of Overpressuring he has done on testing. I will say this about a hoplite rifle. You will it's gonna be hard pressed to find a rifle that someone a design that someone has tested 
for safety more so than a hot light on meaning over pressuring case head separation and the thing is built like a motherfucking vault um but the chassis design he first had was um you know it was basically a a quad uh, not a quad rail but just a, a, a enclosed four in more like a kind of like a um what was what's another chassis that had a form kind of like the xlr evolution um and then he had like a ergo grip and then a magpul gen 3 the pr uh, magpul prs3 stock right and that's great but then he offered hey we're gonna we got a deal worked out with terry cross we're gonna offer these this rifle in a k&m stock and that was or kmw stock i'm having a brain fart and i'm kind of buzzed right now so whichever one y'all know what i'm talking about terry cross's stock is badass kmw yeah and uh but now he has redesigned the chassis the entire chassis he scrapped the whole project as far as the chassis goes and he's designed a whole new chassis and guys let me tell you something the thing made my dick stand up because it was such a good looking chassis um it is beautiful it is going to be 100 functional it is going to be bad ass and if you haven't checked them out go check them out uh at hoplite i think it's hoplitearms.com h-o-p-l-i-t-e um and definitely find them on on Cypress Hide. It's a gigantic thread, multi pages, like twenty five pages or something like that. And the latest the latest page has the designs of the new chassis. He's got a three D printed version of it, and God, it looks so badass. And he's gonna end up taking about five to six grand of my money for one of these. And it's gonna be the only rifle where if I wanted to get another AI, it's the only rifle that I would probably not get the AI for to get. Because it's it's so it's it's like an AI like it's in the same AI genre or genre as an AI. So it is a sniper rifle system. It's a whole whole shebang, and it is built for ruggedness, for dependability, for durability, for accuracy. And I mean the coatings he's doing some Songberg shit. I don't know enough about the coating and stuff, but Theus is a genius, and Theus is, I mean, putting so much thought, and this thing has been in the, I mean, he's had the action forever, and it's just, he's putting so much thought and effort into this rifle, uh, that's what's taking so long for it to come about, is that it is going to be done right the first time before the first rifle is sold, I promise you, it's not going to be this release, and like, it get. 500 rifles sold they're like oh all right well we've figured out that this has a problem and we're gonna need to you know send us this part back and we'll send you a new one or oh here's the gen 2 you know a, you know a year later is the gen 2 this rifle no no no. it's gonna be done right the very first time before it goes into first customer's hands they're being uh tne'd all over the world they're getting tne'd in the like alps or some shit or i don't know somewhere in the nordic countries where it's colder and shit, it's getting tested there, it's getting tested, I mean, he's beating the shit out of them, he's taking them and throwing them, the actions, and like, on the concrete, and freezing them, and throwing them, down. I mean, just beating them to hell, and like, they're, they're, just, they're just taking it, uh, I forgot what kind of, I think he exceeded like, 80,000 PSI, or like 100,000 PSI, in the, which, in the, the 
the action and it held fine. Like you couldn't even tell. It didn't even like break the uh, um, extractor or anything on it. The thing's amazing. So go check them out. If you're looking at, you know, if you're, if you're shopping for an AI, which, hey, y'all know I'm the biggest AI fan and I love mine and wouldn't trade it for anything. But um, if you're looking for a, a that type of rifle, but you're not necessarily sold on AI, if you're in that AI, that Barrett, MRAD, um, stuff like that market, you need to put this one at the top of the list too. You need to really give it a good look because it's going to be awesome. Um, and also, uh, Sam still got the uh, Sam Burns with Active Sessions. He's still got the the uh, pre-order going live right now. Uh, did an interview. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to the Sam Burns with Active Obsession uh, episode I did. Um, it's a, a I think I think I haven't listened to it, but I think it turned out great. Um, and I've had a lot of good feedback and he gave a lot of good info and uh, data out on that chassis. And I'm telling you, I can only tell you how badass it is from the field because I've, I've absolutely loved it since I've had it, the prototype. And, um, I, you couldn't take this thing away from me unless you're, you know, giving me another one. But, uh, anyway, I think that's about wrapped it up. It's an hour 17. It's not going to be as long as the other ones. Um, well, let's see. I may have a, a live question. Uh, Let's see. Fitting your rifle to your... Oh, here's a question. Fitting your rifle to your body. I have a Bravo Attila's butt pad. Spacers shoot mostly prone off a bench. Want to reduce how much the rifle moves in recoil. I can use a can or a break. What is a good one to done or done back? What? They can be used for rear support. Center support process. What? I don't really get the question. Shoot mostly prone off a bench. Reduce how much recoil moves. All right. Well, okay. Well, he wants to know basically fitting the, the rifle to your body. Uh, who was that? It was Chris Schnelly. I think that's how you say his last name. Schnelly. Um, I mean, yeah, you need to get to where you're comfortable and you can stay, spend some time there and, and you're comfortable. And he has, a, you have the toolist butt padded, um, spacers. That's great for the KRG Bravo. Um, I'd actually thought about getting that for my Bravo. Um, I haven't yet, but, uh, also wants to know how to reduce recoil, uh, how much the rifle moves in recoil. Look, obviously, yes, a can or a break, I just, a, a, a suppressor or a break. We discussed that very first, basically first topic of, of the night. Um, but also, well, you can add weight to the rifle too, but biggest thing is, is using uh, recoil management, proper recoil management, having a, uh, you know, loaded bipod, or I don't really like to load the bipod a whole lot. I like pulling the rifle into my shoulder with my, uh, firing hand because it does not give that rifle a head start in movement into my shoulder. It's already in under pressure in my shoulder it doesn't have very far to go that's proper recoil management natural point of aim okay if you are and this is something that i have fixed myself i think i mentioned before if i'm laying prone my left elbow my non-shooting elbow was further forward even though my shoulders and and hips were straight behind the rifle i didn't even realize i was doing that um until i just kind of looked at myself and 
whenever I, and I've actually started getting more in the habit and of not doing that and getting where I'm supposed to be from the start without consciously thinking about it. Cause that's the goal is to do these things subconsciously. That way you can think about the things that, that count and that matter that require thinking, you know, the fundamentals should not require thinking the, the, the fundamentals should be second nature to you. So, um, and that's one of them has have your shoulders, your elbows, your hips, your legs straight behind the rifle and the rifle pointed straight to the target. All right. If you having a natural point of aim, the proper natural point of aim, and then you, like I said, you practice proper recoil management, then, you know, it's going to, I don't care what gun you're shooting. You're going to take a lot of the recoil out of it. Uh, it, where recoil really bites you is when you have that, that, uh, gap, real gap of lack of pressure from the buttstock of the rifle and your, your shoulder, your clavicle or your shoulder pocket, either, or, you know, you having no pressure there is going to give that rifle room to, to jump and hit and then jump. It's going to take the path of least resistance and throw you off. So, you can take your rifle with absolutely no muzzle brake or no suppressor, a bare muzzle. If you practice those fundamentals, then you are going to take out half the damn recoil felt. And then you go and add the suppressor or, or a brake to it. It's going to be, it's going to be even better. Um, so that's one question. Let's see if there's any more live ones coming in. Uh, needs advice about, and it says that uh, this is, Boston Kip, I need advice about MRAD reticles, precisely the Vortex Diamondback Tactical. Used MOA my whole life, now making the switch. It's confusing for me. Well, there's really, I mean, this is a topic that's covered ad nauseum um, in other places and stuff. But, you know, you have you know, MRAD is, is a good thing you switched because if you're talking about shooting competitively, to where you're with other shooters, then it makes more sense to shoot what everyone else is shooting. And I'm telling you, you go to a match in 2020, if there's 150 guys there, there's maybe one or two guys shooting them away. Now, if you go to an F-class match or a bench rest match, you may be talking a complete opposite in reversal in that. Okay. Also, hunters typically are using MOA or you know inch per hundred yards or whatever and then if you're just shooting by yourself where you're just out there plinking rocks over, over a canyon or you know you got your own steel you know you got your own piece of steel you go shoot or go to a public public range and shoot then who gives a fuck what you shoot shoot what you know shoot with them away but if you have even thought about shooting competitively then you need to seriously take a look at mrad or mill um, and, and go from there. As far as the, what's in the Diamondback rat, uh, uh, the Diamondback, uh, tactical, um, let me see what is, I don't have a Diamondback. You would think I would know this given that I shoot for Vortex. Sorry, Nick. Um, let me see the Diamondback. I think it comes with, uh, is it EBR2C maybe? There it is, Diamondback. All right, what we got for a 
mill. Let's see which one this is. If it's the EBR7C, I'm intimately familiar with it, and I love it. God damn, where's the fucking... Yep, EBR2C. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought it would be. Um, it's not... It's no more confusing than, than anything... Then an MOA reticle. So if you looked at an MOA reticle, it's just you just look at the what the subtensions are, and you just count. Okay, uh, you see where there's a one, then that's one mil. If then there's equal amount in the middle between the next one, you got to do just count two, four, six, eight. Most time they're either in half mil subtensions or they're or talking about the horizontal stadia. They're either in half mil subtensions. Or they are in 0.2 mil subtensions, okay? Dimes and dollars. It takes four quarters to make a dollar, which is MOA. It takes 10 dimes to make a dollar, which is in one mil in, in mil radian, okay? It's, it's super simple. If, it, if your mind works better in quarters, which I don't see how it does when you get up in the upper levels of elevation, and as far as, you know, you're dope, you're shooting out 1,200 yards MOA. I got 34 and a half MOA. Uh, that makes no sense to me. But, you know, 10.2 makes a lot of sense to me. Or 10.1. Or, you know, 10. Just going in that, that amount of increment, you know, dimes and dollars makes so much more sense to me. <laughs> no pun intended. It just makes it, it makes more sense to me than quarters do. Um, you know, I never really was married to either or until I got started in this. And then it was obviously mills all the way. So uh, that's really all I know. If someone said, give me a guesstimate dope for a 500 yard shot on whatever caliber in MOA, I'd be like, I've got fucking no idea. I, w I might would give you correction to shoot to the fucking moon. All I know, I have no idea. But, um, you know, you do have plenty of people who know both and it's not, it's not like it's trying to shoot with your non-dominant eye. It's not that hard. It's just different. Like if I told you now that mind you, this has nothing to do with yards and meters and mill radians and, and MOA it fucking doesn't, but I'm just using this as an example. If you're like, well, I don't speak meters. Well, I could go shoot a match tomorrow and shoot just as well if it was in meters because it converts it is yeah i don't need to i don't need to convert yards to meters i can convert my ballistic calculator to meters and then i put oh this is 450 meters i don't give a fuck how many yards that is i just type in 450 in meters and it gives me my my elevation it's the same thing with going from moa to mil radian or mil radian to moa i mean I think everybody needs to get on board with Mills. They need to do away with them away, but there's probably a lot of F-class guys that disagree with me wholeheartedly. Um, but, look, Frank just is a lot smarter than I am at this. He just had a podcast um, with uh, Mike, his last podcast. He was talking about this. Um, there's a six-page six article he wrote of MOA versus Mill Radian. I would go check it out on snipershigh.com. Uh, not in the forum. It's in the forum, but it's easier to be found on the actual homepage of Sniper's Hide, where a lot of his articles are posted. Go find it there. 
Um, anyway, I think that's going to be about it for uh, the question. So, guys, uh, oh, big announcement. One thing I want to get out in case you didn't see it on Facebook or I don't even know if I got it on Instagram or not. But if, uh, if you have an iPhone or you have an iTunes account and you don't like Podbean or the uh, Pocket Cast app, it is now available on this podcast is now available on iTunes. So I had a couple people who were really, really adamant about it. And I'm sure they're listening to this right now and, or will be. And I, I did it for them. I might've made the jump. So we're at about close to 5,500 downloads. So again, that's, that's rookie numbers compared to a lot of the guys. But then again, I'm a rookie compared to those guys too. So part of the course is definitely more than what i expected to get and i appreciate you guys the listeners i'm glad you guys are liking it i'm sorry this episode tonight was a little more scatterbrained than, than normal which is hard to fucking think uh but uh like i said i'm on must relaxers and alcohol so <clears throat> you can deal with it tomorrow night i will only be on alcohol when uh we talk with jacob Bynum. so uh i'm gonna have a couple beers with him and I think it'll be a great episode. Like I said, expect a lot of talk about um, uh, the Assassin's Way match, which we'll get into, obviously get into details with that tomorrow night. But it is a $25,000 buy-in adventure match is what I'd call it, an adventure match across like seven states. Uh, and the payout's half a mil. So, if you're really good at land nav and all of these, uh, I mean, I don't want to call them legacy skills, but I guess they kind of are. But these skills, these rifleman skills, and you got some, and you're a good shooter as well. You got some investors who might be interested in making some money, get a bunch of guys to buy in or, or chip in on your buy in, and they get the equal percentage back out of the money. That might be, not be a bad idea. Um, I, on the other hand, would not trust myself with anybody else's money on bet on me like that. But there are plenty of guys that probably would feel comfortable with that. More power to them. We're going to get into it deep uh, with Jacob, plus my questions. I'm not going to give it away, but I've got uh, about eight or nine questions written down for Jacob for tomorrow night. So, like I said, I'm not getting this opportunity and not having questions for him. So, uh, anyway, appreciate it, guys. Uh, keep tuning in and keep an eye out. And uh, if you got any questions, concerns, gripes, bitches, moans, you want to talk about that fucking bitch Carol Baskin, we can do it. So, uh, any more suggestions? I like this uh, me posting. I'm going to have to do it like a day before or like earlier in the day before I record of what some topics that y'all guys want to hear. I like that. I'm going to have to do that more often when I don't have shit else to talk about. So <clears throat> tune in until next time, bud. I'll be posting. I'm not sure when the Jacob Bynum episode will go up. I know it's being recorded tomorrow night. I'm not sure when I'm going to release it so I can kind of give myself a little buffer, come up with more material. So anyway, keep an eye out. Peace.